Welcome to episode 32 of 211's Baker. Dylan Baker, I'm alongside, as usual, my Chris Baker. And this is what we will talk about here for you guys today. We will begin with the Jays. And we'll, we'll, talk if, we'll talk about whether there's anyone that's really stood out to us this season as a good player. We'll talk the MLB trade deadline because we're just over a month away. Uh, we'll talk about bat flips because they've caused a bit of a stir this season. And we'll talk about Jordan Romano's solid debut and getting the call to the big leagues. Chris, how are you today? I'm good, Dylan. How are you? I am fantastic. So let's get right into things. Um, the Jays have had a tough year. But this, like, recently really? they've been ridiculously bad. They lost their first game to Baltimore. They did win the second game on uh, Wednesday night, 8-6. to six. Baltimore almost came back. But, like, this, is, this season has been bad, really bad. And you know what? You and I said that, it might not be as bad as people are expecting it to be. No, it's been worse. Um, but what or who has been the biggest bright spot on this team, if there has been any at all? Well, I think it's now been Vladdy. I think Vladdy has been, you know, obviously he was off to a slow start, so the the numbers don't look as good as he's been over the last little while, but I think he's worked his way into the Rookie of the Year conversation. I think he's even worked his way into maybe even an all-star appearance. And, uh, and I think he's been the biggest bright spot overall for this team in a season that has had very little and potentially even negative number of bright spots. But uh, uh, <laughs> Vladdy, you know, certainly is helping that number climb back to at least zero. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, not, it's not been pretty for the Jays this season. But, yeah, I think Vladdy is probably the one thing that stuck out to me is as the, that has been really good. And you know what? The emergence of the young kids. I mean, obviously, Guriel was not good to start the year, and Danny Jansen's still struggling. But Guriel came back, and he's been red hot. Jansen started to pick it up a little bit of late. Kevin Biggio's now in the big leagues. He hit another home run uh, today being Thursday night. Um, and Jordan Romano just got the call up. He looks really good in his debut. We'll touch on that later. But for me, it's been the young kids that have come up and, yeah, the stats don't show it with a lot of them, but they've they've played some quality baseball. They've gotten off to slow starts, but that's to be expected when you're making your MLB debut. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, I, I know Luciano just went down, but but I thought he was a bit of a bright spot too, just to be able to hold his own this long in the league. Uh, and now, as Wilner was saying on the uh, the Blue Jays broadcast this evening, uh, he's potentially only has to spend 13 more days in uh, in the on the roster. Is that correct? Yes. So uh, once he comes back from his injury, which is great because it gives him that time, as they were talking on the broadcast about to just develop and to to rehab and and then eventually get optioned down next year. But they only have to bring him back for those 13 days and. And I think as, as Ben Wagner was trying to say before the break on, on one of the uh, innings there, he was about to say that it's, it's great that they can do that because they can, in 13 days, you really don't even have to use them. So you can have them up for the 13 days, make sure you're able to keep them, and then let them develop in the minors where he belongs. But I think he has been a bright spot uh, because he's at least you know, shown that, that at some point along the line, he is going to be here to stay. Yeah, you know what? I don't think that obviously Luciano gets enough credit for what he's done in the big league so far. Yeah, the ERA's a bit inflated, but we've seen him go two or three innings and not allow a run. He's had some really good outings. He's been able to pitch in the big leagues and be somewhat successful, which has been really good to see. And he's had a few bad outings that have scarred that stat line. But you know what? He has not been atrocious. He's not been as bad as I was expecting him to be because the Jays, 
took a Rule 5 pick that was 19 years old. That seemed ridiculous to me. And I expected him to flop in the big leagues. He has not flopped. He's been decent. He's been an okay reliever. Every once in a while, he'll give you a good outing out of the bullpen. And that has been really, really good to see because I wasn't expecting that from him. And like you said, 13 more days, that's not that much. That He could, he could uh, sit in the bullpen for 13 days, as Ben Wagner was saying on the broadcast today, and he could uh, go right back down to the minor leagues, maybe even this year, if it is, in fact, just those 13 days. And next year, for sure, he'll be in the minor leagues because he's not ready for the big leagues, but props to him on being able to hold his own in, uh, in 2019 so far at the highest level. Moving on, uh, we're just over a month away from the MLB trade deadline, and it should be a fun one if you're a Blue Jays fan. The Jays need pitching and outfielding prospects, but uh, how are they going to get them? The Jays don't really have good pieces to trade. Well, they have good pieces, but none of them have really performed to their fullest potential to trade for top-tier talent. So in an ideal world, you would get a team to overpay. Unfortunately, in the past, we've seen that we've seen that uh, the Blue Jays have not been the greatest negotiators of trades, um, and they can, they've proven to us they can make some bad deals. So the Jays need a piece that can net them a lot of talent. Who is the Jays' best trade piece, and what is an ideal return for him? You know, I don't, I don't think that's an easy question to answer because I don't, you know, initially I would have said Marcus Stroman, but he's just been so ferocious lately. And that is the new word of the day, ferocious. That that word was ferocious. Now he has, uh, in today's current game, started off fairly well from what I can see. But but he has been really, really bad to the point where uh, I wouldn't want him. Uh, And, you know, I know the Yankees are kicking the tires. One second, one second. Has he really been that bad? Like, he's had a few rough outings lately, but he started off the season really well, and the ERA is not inflated. It's a well, there's 320. No, there's no Edwin Jackson, but, uh, but nobody is. I mean, that's just been a nightmare of a train wreck. But, um, but I mean, you know, he's, he's not going to bring a big return. and Not the return that I thought they would, would be able to get for him at the trade deadline. And, uh, and so I think he and Sanchez have both reduced values that they, they had hoped would have been higher. Um, you know, Sanchez still just injured too much. I know he keeps coming back after these little blister issues and, and not really hitting the IL in any way, but he uh, he's still constantly dealing with that. And, and I mean, who else do you have out there? I mean, Smokey's picked up a little bit, but, you know, is there a lot of value there? I don't think so. Um, and And so you now start to have to look at, well, you know, it, maybe the glut of infielders happen to be where that value is if you need to bring some pitching back. I like the draft, as we talked about last week. I like what, we, what the Jays did with the, with the pitching that they brought in through the draft. But there's still more pitching needed. So maybe now in this trade deadline time, you actually trade some people with, with some control that, we are, that are just excess for this team. And that might be where the value is. Yeah, that could that could be true. Another guy that uh, that could bring some value is Ken Giles. I know he's hurt right now, but if he comes back strong, he could be a guy who brings a lot of trade value for them because he still can touch uh, three digits with uh, with his fastball in that ninth inning. He's a great closer, so maybe Ken Giles is a guy that would bring something to the Blue Jays. But uh, Sanchez hasn't been great. Stroman has been started off really well. He struggled a little bit lately. But I've got a question for you. Even with Stroman's recent struggles, and he has not been terrible, 
with those struggles. But uh, even with his recent struggles, do you think that that leadership element that he seems to have added this year might add to his value? No, no, I don't. Not at all. No, I don't think that. uh, I think the teams that are contenders already have those roles of leaders filled, and that's why they're contending. I don't think it adds any value whatsoever. Uh, but I do think that, uh, that, you know, I think he'll end up on a contender. I just don't think he's going to bring back what fans would hope he'll bring back. I think we're going to see that there'll be some probably angry Twitter fans out there that will hate what comes back for him. Do I think he's going to actually be traded? Yes. Do I think he's going to get the value that, that fans would want or think he deserves? No, he won't. And he doesn't deserve that value. Yeah, I mean – he he's been the better one out of the out of him and Sanchez, um, but you know what? He's not going to bring the best pitching prospect in baseball back for him. He is uh, he's not that kind of guy at the moment. So he if he, he could easily turn things around though, because he we saw the way he started off the year. He had a one thirty ERA, something like that. Maybe it was one sixty. I don't know, but he had a, an ERA in the ones. And then all of a sudden, he just went through a few rough outings. And now it's all inflated, and he's he's been struggling. Well, so, and I would I would go back to the fact that that there is the possibility that that Ross Atkins could do a sell job on these contenders to say that when he performs it's his best, it's because he's in competition, and it's because he's there's something to play for. Because when his results started to plummet this year it was when the Jays really started to be extremely bad and he even made comments in the media that you know these that he hates losing and that this is not the type of environment he likes to pitch in um you know and maybe that's affected his results so what Ross could maybe do in trade discussions with say a Yankees you could say you know well you guys are contending so he's going to be that top Marcus Stroman we all all know for you and you know I think Jay Happ did that for them last year so it's a believable thing and uh and you know maybe he will bring back some excess value who knows but it's going to take some selling to do it just based on the latest results yeah, and I mean, I do, I do think that uh, Russ Atkins could use that. He's uh, he's such a good competitor, pitches better in competition thing. Because honestly, from people, and keep in mind that I was born in two thousand and five, so I haven't seen these great big game pitchers really. But Marcus Stroman has been one of the top big game pitchers that I have seen in my lifetime in in the games that I can remember watching. When that when uh, it's an important game, he shows up whether it's in the regular season or in the playoffs. He, he pitched game five of the ALDS for the Blue Jays in 2015. He was their guy in big games, and he was good in big games. It's not like the Jays gave him one nod and he pooped the bed, right? He deuced the futon. Um, <laughs> haven't, haven't used that one in a while. Uh, but uh, you know what? Marcus Stroman is a great competitor, and he's probably one of the top big game pitchers that I have seen in my personal lifetime. So that is certainly an argument that Ross Atkins could use uh, if he's trying to sell Stroman to a team like the Yankees. But can you really use that for any other player on the team? No, no, I don't think so. No. Um, But yeah, so I think Marcus Stroman, Ken Giles might be the two most valuable pieces for the Blue Jays heading into the deadline. Two guys that could net them the most talent. Moving on um, to a topic. It's not really something we've seen in the last week, although it is. Because Max Muncy uh, bat flipped one of his home runs this weekend against Madison Bumgarner, and I loved their exchange. 
Uh, Mad Bum was frustrated that Muncie sat there and watched it. And Muncie replied, if you don't want me to watch it, go fish out of the ocean. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, I thought it was hilarious. But this season, more often than ever, actually, we've seen bat flips affect games, and they've gotten tempers to flare. So I want to hear what you have to say. Are the pitchers a bunch of crybabies, or are the hitters pimping it too much? You know, I looked at that one specifically because we, I knew we were going to talk about it, but, uh, and, and you had been laughing about the comment about the ocean, but um, that one specifically didn't bother me at all. I, I, I thought that was a whiny bum garner, really. And uh, you never want to be a whiny bum garner, okay? <laughs> That's just not what you want to be. Never be a whiny bum garner. Uh, but, but, but I thought that's what it was. It was whiny pitcher in that, that scenario. Look, pitchers pimp their stuff too. You look at Marcus Stroman, he's a prime example of that. He's doing the shimmies and the, the shakes and the jumping off the mound and, and screaming at the end of their gloves and things when they strike out batters like if Bumgarner was off his rocker on that one I thought uh I mean yes he pimped it there's no question he did but uh but again I I have no problem with it I'm going right back to 2015 I have no problem with Jose Bautista's bat flip obviously I'm a Jays fan I wouldn't have a problem with that bat flip but um even if I I, I just even if somebody did that to to the Jays I don't think I would have a real problem with it. I might comment on it in the moment but it's not something I'd hang on to for uh for the next you know, six years like the Texas Rangers have. So, um, and it, I know it hasn't been six years. You don't have to It's been on four, so it's been close. But Yeah, it is. I mean, time is flying. But, but I mean, you know, the Rangers still hold on to that. Like when the Jays go there, and there's nobody left from that era. And, and they're still chirping at us and holding up uh, Odor punching Bautista signs and things like that. I just don't think it's a big deal. I, I don't. I mean, people celebrate their success. If pitchers weren't doing it at all, if you didn't see the shimmy from Marcus Stroman and you never saw a pitcher scream into his glove after a strikeout, then fine, yes, to have a problem with the batter doing it because you're not doing it. But when when all the other pitchers are doing it too, I, I, I think it's just a matter of people complaining and whining for nothing. Yeah, and I mean, you know what? I don't have a problem with it, and I think my generation will not have a problem with uh, bat flipping because it's, it's what we're growing up in, I guess. But you know what? If you hit a home run, you should be allowed to celebrate that home run because how many guys can actually say they walked into a big league park, faced Madison Bumgarner, and hit a home run off them. Not only that, but hit a home run into the water behind Oracle Park uh, in San Francisco. How many guys can actually say they did that? Celebrate your successes. Celebrate what you just did. Because you are in the highest level of professional baseball, and you hit a home run off of one of the premier pitchers in the game. And even if it wasn't Mad Bum that you hit your home run off of, you still hit a, hit a home run off of a guy that is also in the highest level of baseball in the world the MLB. You are in professional baseball. You should be proud of that and you should be allowed to flaunt your successes a little bit, whether it's a, whether it's a wall scraper, actually not a, not a wall scraper, whether it's a home run or whether it's a strikeout. I've got no problem with what Marcus Stroman does on the mound. I've got no problem with what Max Muncy did on Sunday, with what Jose Bautista did in the 2015 ALDS, especially if it's a big game, because big games are so much more important. You, you live in the moment a little bit more with your with your home runs, with your strikeouts. So celebrate all you want. I've got no problem with it at all. Let, you should let players and encourage players to celebrate what they just did because if Marcus Stroman throws a nasty slider and gets uh, J.D. Martinez swinging, he should be allowed to celebrate that because J.D. Martinez is a great hitter. If Max Muncy 
drives one into the water behind Oracle Park off of Madison Bumgarner, allow him to celebrate because Bumgarner is one of the top pitchers in the game. And Muncie, it just hit a home run off him and it was absolutely clobbered. So I have no problem whatsoever with the bat flips. And I think the pitchers and the players that are defending these guys, uh, I think they're exaggerating because there is no reason to be frustrated with a bat flip. I get it. Disrespectful. I can understand that argument, but it's not an argument that I would go with personally. Yep, I agree. I agree. And I think it, it adds to the fun of the, uh, of the, the game. And, and that's something that they've been trying to add to this game for many years now. And, and it, it does add, it adds to the excitement in the younger generations. If you want them to be involved in this game, there has to be excitement. This is not water polo. This is not lawn bowling. <laughs> this is not like, and, and if you want it to be, you can, but I'll tell you, if you, if you want it to be that, you're going to see the attendance numbers drop and, and drop drastically if they're not already in some cases. So, so it's really, really important that some of this, this happen, I think. And, and I know it's going to irk some people, but that's part of the fun of the game, right? And, uh, and again, that's what I say. Like to the younger generations, you want them to be involved. That's an exciting piece you really can't take away. Yeah, and you know what? It's been good to see the MLB embrace the uh, let the kids play thing where they encourage the younger players in the game to do whatever they want, I guess. Um, and it's great to see players having fun. Because then, like you said, it shows my generation and the generations after me that have that have come after me that you can have fun playing baseball. Because a lot of people, and I and I was in uh, in my old school a few years ago, there were people that would say that baseball was boring. Baseball was not a fun sport. Um, well, you know what? Bat flips add to the fun of the game, and that's getting more and more people interested. And you know what? Um, in episode twenty. Of the podcast, I believe it was no, sorry, it was episode sixteen with Mike Wilner. I asked him, "What do you think will improve the game?" And one thing he didn't suggest, and I didn't suggest it either, was that was I'll encourage the uh, encourage the bat flips because that'll get more people attracted to the game. That is a that's a great idea to get uh, more people into things because it's so exciting. So you know what? Encourage the bat flips. I've got no problem with it personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to Jordan Romano. He got the call of the big leagues yesterday. He was uh, in AAA Buffalo after being returned by the Texas Rangers. Romano was picked up as a Rule 5 pick by the White Sox, who immediately shipped him to Texas. Uh, Romano was a starter in 2018 for the Blue Jays in the Blue Jays system, and the Rangers attempted to make him a reliever just like he was in college. Did not go well. He came back to the Blue Jays. They attempted to use him as a reliever again, and that started off uh, pretty poorly. But then they corrected something, and in Romano's last 12 innings prior to coming up to the big leagues, he had only allowed one run. So it was really good to see that he got his uh, he got the call to the big leagues, and he made his debut on Wednesday night. He got a fastball. He got his fastball up to 99 miles an hour, and his slider was absolutely filthy. So is late relief for Romano's calling in the big leagues? I, I Well, I mean, it certainly looked like it in his first appearance. But I, you know, I mean, to me, I would, I would have liked to always see him as a starter. So, uh, you know, I mean, I, I see that the success happened in his very first shot at it. And, uh, and, you know, boy, oh boy, does this team need some relief. But, um, 
boy, I, I would have thought that he was going to be a starter and, and I would have liked to see him there, but I guess, and it looks like he's very successful, at least so far in the late innings. Well, yeah, I mean, you look at how he performed in AAA and how he did in his debut. He looked like he was very comfortable in late relief and he, he did well. He had success. Um, I know this is out there a little bit, probably way too early to predict this, especially with how you just answered that last question. But could he be the future closer of the Blue Jays? Entirely possible, but I wouldn't call it yet. I mean, definitely not. He needs to have a number of outings to for me to see that. I don't think you can sort of Roberto Osuna him into that role right away, but uh, like they did with Osuna. But um, I don't think he's that dominant of a pitcher yet. I, I but I do believe that that there's opportunity for him to be that way. I think he's got potential and upside for that. I, it's just. You know, I don't know that I'd put him in the heat of a closing situation in the major leagues right away. Uh, does he end up there? Entirely possible. I mean, you look at the, how hard he throws, and, and yeah, and it certainly seems like he could that could be a spot for him. But again, like I say, I'm not saying that he has to be a starter. I would have liked to see that, but at this point, you know, late innings for sure seems to be a dominant place for him. Yeah, he's got a hard fastball. He's got a sharp slider. He's more of a two-pitch pitcher than anything. So I think that late relief seems to be what he will uh, what he will do in the big leagues. Moving on to the last week in Blue Jays baseball, let's not talk about that Diamondback series. That was not anything pretty. Um, we've had a few moves for the Blue Jays. So they put Ken Giles and Elvis Luciano on the disabled list, both with elbow injuries. Uh, and let me just get the name here. I want to make sure I get it right. The Jays made a trade today with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, trading for um, Nick Kingham. Sorry that it took me that long. He is a reliever for the Pittsburgh Pirates. He had an ERA of 970 or 80-something. He was struggling this year. He had a decent year last year. Um, what do you make of the move? Um, depth. I don't know. I don't know what kind of depth it is. I mean, I, I don't. I really don't understand the moves this team makes at this point in point in time. I, I, I mean, and Edwin Jackson, who you still have in your starting rotation, doesn't mean I, I get it. Okay, he was good yesterday, uh, coming in as a, after the opener. But uh, I mean, like this is just getting silly. A nine point something ERA and the guys in our bullpen, like. I just I don't know what you're thinking, and well, I mean, the, I knew I do know what they're thinking. There's absolutely zero depth in our system, and you can show you can see it by moves like we're made today. There's no pitching depth in the Toronto Blue Jays system, and this doesn't help it in any way. I still don't get the move, but uh, hey, they did it, so there that's something. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't love the move, but you know what? What are you gonna do? Um, so, yeah, so Giles and Luciano both went on the DL with elbow injuries. And Ryan Tapera, who came back from an elbow injury and then re-injured, I believe, that elbow, was placed on the 60-day DL to make room for Nick Kingham and his uh, 9 ERA. Uh, the Blue Jays also today signed Alec Manoa and four other draft picks, uh, one fourth-rounder, I believe two tenth-rounders, and a thirteenth-rounder were all signed along with Alec Manoa. How big of a piece do you think Alec Manoa will be for the Blue Jays down the road? Well, he's a big piece as a human, 
Isn't he like <laughs> 9,000 feet tall and 400 feet wide? I mean, yeah. he is, uh, he's a beast and he's going to be great. I think, I mean, it's going to be what you would think is an overpowering pitcher. Uh, I, I would assume a starting pitcher and, um, you know, I think, I think it was a great move, great draft pick, happy. They signed him. Not sure where he's going to start out just yet. I imagine Dunedin, but, um, but I, I think he'll move for, through the ranks quickly if he's successful. Yeah. I'm interested to see where they put him in Bluefield or where they skip him all the way up to Dunedin. So this has been episode 32 of two Eleven's baseball talk. We thank you all very much for tuning in. Uh, it has been fun throughout this one. We will see you all next week. We have Ain't No Rest for the Wicked by Cage the Elephant walking you out in this one.